Hey guys, welcome back. This is Cordsite Heat, CordsiteHeat.com, and it's been a wild, crazy week. Like, just going past the NBA, it's been a crazy, crazy week, and I'm not even kidding. So, SoundCloud has been messed up, at least on my end. I don't know how it's been on your guys' end, and I don't know if you guys are publishing your own stuff to SoundCloud, but long story short, it all started Tuesday when I was trying to get Tuesday's podcast out, but it kept failing that I had to upload a Wednesday. And then, yeah, so long story short, SoundCloud was not allowing me upload it. And for me to get all of Courtside Heat's podcast episodes up and running, I have to get it through SoundCloud because SoundCloud is my main distributor, right? Because I'll take it to iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and all of dist- all those different places. So that was fun to deal with until it got like resolved like around Wednesday, Thursday, probably Wednesday if I'm recalling correctly. But yeah, then we have some really exciting news that I've been working on. So as you've been knowing, as I've been telling you for the past few podcast episodes, that the courtsheat.com website was getting an entirely new look, looking completely different. From the logo to when you access the website on mobile and or desktop. And it's really cool right now. We're almost done with the website. We only got a few more days to go. That should be ready before uh, Monday rolls around the 23rd of August, right? However, the logo should be done, done there too. As right now, we purchased an amazing theme. We've been customizing this theme. We've been doing so much hard work, getting everything done. And it's turning out really nice, more mobile friendly. I will say, for anybody that has never done a theme before or have and now would just be laughing at me for the next five minutes, let me say this. I've done themes before. I've imported them. I've seen people Heck, I've seen my father do it. So, um, I was able to do it on my own and whatnot. And it was funny. You know how you have to download, you have to import the demo themes to get all the content that you purchased for? Like, meaning the images, all the widgets, different things like that. So, I downloaded it. And my mind's going to different things because I never turned off the website. So, I'm like... You know why? Because I'm looking at the homepage right now. You guys are still able to see all the content. I'm like, I'm not going to let this thing go down. So I'm just trying to rush through to make sure I'm able to get the sliders fixed. I'm able to get all of the different, all of the different tabs fixed. Because you know like how I have it on top, especially if you're on desktop or tablet. You would see like all my different tabs, like the homepage, the store, the checkout, uh, my style and profile and shop, my clothing shop, right? It had added so many new tabs. So I was trying to clean it up and everything. But I forgot to go back to that import demo. So I imported the demo, right? But I never activated it. I never clicked on it to continue with the procedure. So I'm like, why is this so frustrating? So I go back over to make sure I have the parent theme and the child theme, right? Both of those. Then I go back over to the importing theme, the importing demos, right? And I realized that if I wasn't scattered everywhere, that it was actually going to be able to get done faster, meaning... If I was on scattered everywhere, 
I would not have been that confused and potentially a little bit of frustration, right? Because I'm like, this took me five minutes. I, 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 I forgot to actually, da- I downloaded them, but then I forgot to activate them. And I hope that makes sense. For people that have done things before, I'm hoping I'm using the right terminology, but that was pretty much my struggle. And I'm like, oh, this is much easier. I'm able to access access things better and able to modify and move and structure things differently, right? So, but besides that hiccup, we were able to do everything right now. We're, we got done with the homepage. We're done with the store. So that's becoming more and more our re, uh, reinvented, refurbished, I guess is a good word. I don't know. All I know is that we got a few more pages to go. We're working throughout the weekend, and we should be ready to go with the final product on Monday. Now, with everything I said, do not think that the site's down. The site is not down. It was only down for like a few minutes today. Now it's because we're doing some maintenance on it. But besides that, um, the site is up and running. It has been. We're still uploading content. We just did on a piece of breaking news featuring Robert Williams and the Boston Celtics. And that will be talk that we'll actually be talking about in the podcast today. So everything's live. Everything's still running. And we have a few more things I want to announce going past that. Go if you have not seen on social media yet, I want you to go check out this place. Uh, I want you to go check out this place for sure because they actually did an interview on me. And it was from this local magazine company called Fien- uh, Voyage Phoenix Magazine. Really cool place. They interview, they interview tons of people across the entire state of Arizona from Mesa, Gilbert, Chandler, Santan Valley to all these different places. And it's really cool. And I was able to get the opportunity to um, interview with them, uh, answer all of the questions. It really, it was a really good experience, and it was really cool because, um, of course, he's never done an interview before, especially on me. I've never had an interview done on me, so it was really cool typing out all my answers and then just talking to the folks over there who just helped me through the process, was able to, yeah, just I was able to get the stuff, I was able to write it all down, but yeah, really cool, but they did um, but they did an interview on me, talked about the company, how it, like, how it really began, like, the hard times, what I really am doing, and just, I believe it's under their inspiring stories, because once you guys read that story, that truly is an inspiring story, like, some other stories I've read on there, because, I wanted to see what they're all about and whatnot. I just saw our stories peer reading, which are really cool. So I'm going to leave the link down there. I'm still super pumped up. The uh, interview article came out yesterday, 19th of August. So I am super pumped. If you guys would have seen my reaction when I got that email shortly afterwards on the night of yesterday, right? I was just pumped up, and it's really exciting, so I'm going to leave that down below, but yeah, Voyage Phoenix Magazine, they did an incredible job formatting it, 
I'm just so happy, so fortunate to get the opportunity because it was really cool writing it, really cool being a part of that experience because that was my first time ever being asked to do an interview before. So that is incredible. Now, with all that being said, with the links going to be included down below, especially with the uh, style and profile gear shop, which is a huge clothing brand that Cortate he has that features uh, t-shirts, long sleeves, um, all these different brands clothing from hat to bags to anything you want from male and female, children. I think we've got some things there for your pets, I think. But we have mugs, we have everything, so really cool. I'm going to leave that spread shop link down below, wherever you guys get your podcast. But now, for social media, so we can jump right into this podcast, we have Twitter. Um, I was trying to remember everything. Like, that little pause, I have to try to catch my breath because I have to try to breeze past all of these before I forget it. So, let's take it from the top. We have Twitter.com slash CourtsideHeat, Instagram.com slash CourtsideHeat, NBA, Facebook.com slash CourtsideHeat, Tumblr.com slash CourtsideHeat, CourtsideHeat.medium.com, CourtsideHeat.com, and I, uh, I think that was it. I think that was all of them. Wow. I know I'm forgetting some. So you know what? Since I'm forgetting some, I say it's every single podcast. I, I really do. And that's where you go to Google.com. Just go to Google. Type in Quartz of Heat. One word. Quartz of Heat. One word. And you'll be able to find the website. Quartz of Heat.store, which is our Macari store. You'll be able to find courtsideheat.com slash shop. And that's where you're able to find our main shop on the website. And then you'll be able to find all of our social media links and all of our podcasting links and just different links like that that will tell you more about Courts of Heat and, and where to find us. So now, without further ado, let's get right into this podcast episode. Let's jump into the break news. And then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to detour real quick. It's Friday. I want, I want to talk about something a little more significant than the offseason. And that is not me putting down the offseason, shadowing the offseason. But no, all I want to talk about is Zion Williamson and the Pelicans. Because if no one saw the Christmas games, um, then we need to talk. Because the Christmas games are something that Zion needed to be a part of. To show how good the Pelicans were. We'll get into that in a little bit. Because there's much significance there. And when it's really broken down. You're like. Oh crud. We are in major trouble here. We don't know how to keep our franchise superstar happy. And we might have just blew it. And when I reveal to you. How many head coaches he's had. In his short career so far. Seems like three seasons right. You will be blown away. But yeah, before we jump into that one, let's get to our stuff. Let's get to the meat of it. Let's get to the breaking news. Let's get to everything that's happening. We've still got tons of signings. We've got a lot of interesting news that maybe you guys are um, okay with, upset about, or 
good with or just really don't care about. Either way, we're breaking it down right here, and let's get into it. First, Hornets are extending the contract of Terry Rozier. So this was a massive one. So Hornets extend Terry Rozier to a four-year, $97 million contract. Okay, that is a huge contract for the 27-year-old that will keep him through um, 2025 and will keep him through till he's like 31, 32 years old. And if he needed a huge step up, so Boston, if no, if no one remembers, 2015 to 2018, he didn't work out of Boston. And it was a huge departure. People thought he was washed up. He was done. People still believed that he had talent. People still saw the guy. But not as impactful as he is now with the Shaw Hornets, right? This was his second season with the team. And he posted up career-high numbers in assists, field goal percentage, percentages, points per game, minutes per game, and even rebounds tying last season by 4.4. He, if you needed a reason to pay him big, last season was his showcase because last season was wrong for the Hornets, but just so, so right for the Hornets because what do I mean by that? I mean this. Terrier was in this position where the where there was choices going to be made or what he was going to do after his contract came up within the next uh, season or two. The Hornets had to figure out who Rozier was. Rozier came off an 18-point game, um, shooting 42% from the field. However, could he impact the team more? Because, you remember 2020, got LaMelo Ball, Gordon Hayward, all of these different guys. However, due to the coronavirus and due to impacting injuries to their franchise, super, uh, franchise star, to LaMelo Ball, to Gordon Hayward, to all of these different guys, it kept pulling guys out of the roster, pulling them back in, finding substitutes, trying to see if they're healthy enough. It was creating massive chaos. It was changing up the rankings, changing up the record boards faster than you can say apple pie, right? Faster than you can type the word hello. Faster than anything because... The Hornets had a problem. The Hornets were supposed to be out of the playing tournament into the official playoff bracket. They were supposed to avoid all that. But long story short, injuries corrupted that team like do they with every other good team, right? Or even some of the best teams will affect your big stars and it's like, well, here we are. But for the, for the Hornets, this could have not worked out any better. Through all of the troubling times that we saw with Lamel Ball with his broken wrist and he had to go into wrist surgery, he was going to be out of extended amounts a month. And then we saw with Gordon Hayward coming in and out of the roster due to his varying injuries because the man is made of glass. Um, 
and all of these different injuries, right? All of these different COVID precautions, all of these different health and safety violations, right? But Terry Rozier, in 69 games that he played, averaged 20 points a game off of 45% from the field while racking up 4-4. Four and four. In addition, do you know how significant that is? Because of that, he's making $97 million in the next four years. Because of that, he's making 24 and a quarter per year. And that is significant money. That is huge money from a guy that went from averaging a point, the five points to 11 points to nine points, then jump ahead to 18 points, then 20 points. Come on, that is significant. And the the Hornets were watching that. That front office is like, look, this guy could be scary good for our team. Scary Terry can be good. He's he's good in clutch situations. He's proved that by beating the Warriors with a jump shot in the corner. I can't remember if it was for two or for free, but he won the won him the game. It was really cool when I saw that. I posted on social media. You guys liked it. It was like. I, I didn't even know he did. I don't even know what he did there. I don't know if he was channeling his inner Jordan or what. But they know he's the real deal. And here's the thing: now that Terry's locked back in, and he's producing at a high level and impacting the team at a high level, and saying no. I'm not the old Terry Rozier you knew in 2015, 2016, 2017, right? No, he said no. I, I could be more impacting. I have court awareness. I have court IQ. You just got to let me play. And he gave him the opportunity. And through injuries, through the darkness of injuries, came the light of Terry Rozier. And while we saw something we never saw before, it was breaking at the seams. Cracking at the seams a little bit in 2019, but it exploded for the gates this past season. And when we're walking in three months before um, the upcoming season, starting October 19th, it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, we might have something here. We never guessed it because now the Hornets are saying, look. If he's able to dish out 15 points and 5 assists per game, or um, just using random numbers right, that is a win. Even with injuries, he's proved to be a vital part of that offense, vital part of that team. He knows how to do it. He's been up and down. Now he's channeling. He's channeling a good side, a positive side. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you the starting five. It is Gordon Hayward. Uh, Terrogier, Miles Bridges, Lamel Ball, and Kay Jones. Look, um, it's not bad. It's not bad. But make no mistake, the Hornets are trying to say, we don't need an older team. We don't need a mixture. We want younger guys. Why do you think they re-signed or extended the contract of James Borrego? As much as we may disagree with his play call, as much as we may be on a different side of the of, of the head coaching scale, director scale, from like a one to ten, right? On how enthusiastic we really are about this man. Here's the thing. Here is the thing. 
The reason why they re-signed him is because he knows how to work with smaller guys. Knows how to go with younger guys. And that's why they re-signed Terry Rozier. That's why they got Goran Hayward. He was for veteran. He was for veteran. So, then you add in... So, then you have the mixture of Miles Bridges, P.J. Washington, Terry Rozier, James Booknight, K. Jones, Martin, and then... Uh, and then you just have all these different guys. Lamelo. Make no mistake, the reason why they did that is because they want to give James Brager the opportunity of making it to the playoffs with these, uh, with these different guys, these younger guys. Why? Because they've all proven. Terry Rozier proven that he can score a high quality, a high rates when the team's facing injuries and illness. Gordon Hayward shows that even when he's injured, he's still showing leadership and valuable veteran skills. Miles Bridges is showing you when he's on and off the court, he's making a difference. He's putting up, cons- oh, pardon me, consistent numbers. This past season, he shot 50% from the field, 12 points per game and six rebounds. You take all day. He's showing you that he's willing to fight. Um, then you see P.J. Washington. He's good in the paint. He averaged 12 points, close to 13, off of 44% from the field and 6.5 rebounds per game. And then we get down to Lamelo Ball. Of course, one rookie of the year. Averaged 15 points per game, close to 6 rebounds, 6 assists, off of 43.5% from the field. So make no mistake, this is a plan. Michael Jordan, the owner of the Chicago, of the Charlotte Hornets, is now realizing to get better, we have to pay guys, and we have to pay guys top dollar in the free agency market and our own team market. Meaning, what do I mean by that? Though he recognizes, since our players are now returning us the favor and showing us what they're made of. We should compensate them to keep them happy and to keep them at a high level, to keep them hungry for another contract, to keep them going, to have that goal of making it to the playoffs, making it each round, making it to whatever their goal is, right? But that's why I like the Tarot Year. I that's why I like the Tarot Year signing. And I hope I didn't take you guys for too many obstacles or too many different directions, right? But this is legit where we're at. And I believe this is going to turn out very well. Let me repeat this starting five. Gordon Hayward, Lamelo Ball, Terry Rozier, Miles Bridges, and Kay Jones? Come on. That's not, that's not bad. It's not bad. It's just not. And to me... When you look at the who's the ba- uh, backup power forward the Bridges PJ Washington who's the backup point guard of Terrell Year I'm looking at that right now that would be um, James Booknight backup to Goran Hayward that could either be Martin or Lewis right backup and you see where I'm going backup center to K uh, Jones if he gets his if he's still there, would be Nick Richards or Vern uh, Carey Jr. To me, that's really good. I, I'm, just, I'm really liking that. 
I'm liking where they're going. I'm not the biggest fan, James Borrego. I don't see where I see where he's going, but sometimes I don't like the method that he's using. However, when they're crafting this younger team, I'm liking this direction. I don't know about you guys, but I am, and I'm kind of leaning towards that way 100%. Speaking about big paydays and putting guys, putting younger guys with huge contracts that deserve it, is this. So, I don't know, I don't know if you guys remember, but last podcast episode, we talked about the Boston Celtics and what did the offseason teach us about them. And one of the names, one of the key names that was referred to in the center position was Robert Williams. Now, the Celtics have made this official. Multiple sources have clarified this and made it official and confirmed it that the Boston Celtics have indeed extended Robert Williams to a four-year, $54 million contract. Now, wait a minute. Now, wait a minute. We can all say, we can all say this, that he's getting this huge contract. He's averaging around $15.5 million now. But here's the thing. Is he good? He's had injuries these past three seasons. He's only been able to rack up 112 points, 112 games. Because due to injuries and due to limitations, because the wear and tear on his body and just how his body's reacting to each 82-game season, or it's been varying because of his career, right? Because of the seasons and how where he's been in his career, right? All I'm saying is this. They have trust in him. They have confidence in him. But should they do it? Be- but should they have done that? Because he's injured. Because he's injury prone. He's only played 112 games. But can I tell you what's flawed with that? Can I tell you what's flawed with those numbers? We're not going off of based 82 point, uh, 82 game series. 2018, 2018 was 82 game based. He only played 32. However, 2019, if I remember correctly, was stopped because of the uh, coronavirus pandemic. So there was no full 82 games uh, game season. Same with the 2020 accelerated season, still, uh, still um, affecting, uh, still showing those effects of what. The league had to modify what the league had to adjust to, um, to make sure they get on back on track for this upcoming season for the 2022 23 season, right? And they had to that accelerated. So, here's the thing you could say, Well, he could have played during the bubble, thought the Celtics weren't going anywhere else, and they were they were dealing with their own injuries with Kemba's weak knees and everything else, right? They had their own injuries. Gordon Hayward was injured. Everyone was injured. Jason Tatum was finally like a base. Jalen Brown was trying to do his different things. Here's the problem. They weren't going to go that far in the bubble. And they didn't go far in 2020. They got swept. Or did I say they, they won one game. But still. But still. They won. They lost 4-1 to the Bucks. 
Um, it's just not 82 games based. That's not that's not where season's been at. So he's been injured. Yes, but I do not agree with the statement that due to injuries, he's been only limited to 102 games. Because I'm making some calculations right now. Fine, 112 games. So that means he missed 131 games. However, that is not going off the 82-game season. I was me factoring in 82 games. Now, if you're telling me that COVID never happened and he missed that many games because of injuries and they were playing a real regular season, um, then it'll be more worrisome, but it's not. But it's not. And the problem is when different when different companies, even myself, give out that statistic, it's very um, confusing. It's very uh, indirect because unless broken down, you, everyone's going to be like, in three seasons, he's missed 131 games. Does anybody find that? Why is he getting $13.5 million per year if he's just going to miss? Um, a little over two, uh, a little over 180 to 190 games. I'm figuring he duplicates the injuries and whatnot, but yeah, I just find that very misleading. I find it very indirect. I find that very confusing because when broken down, these past the 2020 and 2019 season were COVID plagued and accelerated plagued. So when given those standards. When given those numbers, given those realities, look, uh, I don't blame them. And injuries did not cause them to miss all those games, right? So, I don't know. This is going to be prove-it time for him because the Celtics have put great trust, great, great trust, confidence, faith in this man that he'll be able to execute at a high-level of whatever a thirteen and a half million dollars pays for, and honestly, if it's thirteen and a half million dollars a year, I would be out there just running up and down, trying to get myself going forty eight minutes a game if I was getting paid thirteen and a half million dollars per year, right? But this this upcoming season, they want to see more than eight points coming out of him. They want to see how he's going to take care of his body. They're gonna if he's gonna be the starting center, and since they paid him all that money, they're not gonna start Cantor over him. Cantor over him. It's not gonna be that way. It's actually gonna be the opposite. It's gonna be Williams starting, and I kind of like that better because Ennis Cantor is good, but not starting good. If that makes sense, and but he needs to show improvement. But which he has, he went from two points to five points, eight points, off of seventy one percent of the seventy two percent from his career, and his rebounding went up, and so did his assist. His uh, field goal percentage went down by point six, but it's pretty much the same when going by whole numbers, right? Like, like the first two numbers, right, which would be seventy two percent. That little digit over there can just leave. Then points went up, then minutes went up, then games went up. So here's how I'm looking at it. Here's how I'm looking at everything. This is prove it. I like it. I like it because Robert Williams, to me, can be that sneaky good guy. I'm not saying he's going to put up Jokic numbers. I'm not saying he's going to put up 
uh, Anthony Davis numbers. I'm not saying he's going to put up big-time numbers. I'm not saying he's going to create higher reels. But you know what I am saying? I'm saying this, that, you know what? It takes, um, sometimes we bash guys who we don't know, who we're just looking at their records for. And sometimes records and statistics are not giving their due justice to these guys. And to me, Robert Williams is one of those guys. We don't know his true value. And if you're looking off of uh, statistics, you are poorly mistaken. Because you could do the same to Patrick Beverly and you could call him a bust off of statistics. But in real life, in reality, we know that he's so good in real life because of his defensive abilities and whatnot. And just how he irritates the crud out of all of his opponents and who he guards. Right, so forget statistics. I think Robert Williams will be the center that potentially could help this team defensively and offensively, especially when getting rebounds, especially protecting that rim, protecting that area, protecting his designated area. To me, that is going to happen. And I've I've watched only a, I've watched a few games of Robert Williams. And I believe if he's going to make a lasting impression on this organization for the 2021 season, right? Or, okay, yeah, the 2021 or 2022, yeah, 2022 season, then this has to happen. Then he needs to step up in points, get at least 15 points a game, fine, 11 points a game. But 10 rebounds per game and 2 assists. While still maintaining us between the range of 60 to 70% shooting from the field per 9. Because if you show that you're becoming more consistent. You're becoming more productive, efficient, and able to be more impactful. They're going to be like, hey, that contract for 4 years, $13.5 million per year is really paying off. And, it tr- and if it translates into uh, better ball movement, better team basketball with the Boston Celtics, that will be perfect. Because his job is not to go set a screen, then go right for a corner free. No, 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 no. I don't care what, you, what kind of centers you guys have been watching, but... Him, if he's going to play as a first and a half million dollar traditional or non-traditional center, don't care away. In this particular instance, all I want to do is be able to set good pick and rolls if he can. Set good screens if he can. But play good saw offense and defense in the paint. If he can use his post moves, I want him to be so tired of the post that he gets very, very good at I want him to dread that post so much that he just gets angry enough just to score willingly to get it over. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like you know that one drill, like, in PE class in any sport like football, hockey, soccer, ba- basketball, baseball, or volleyball, right? Tennis, like, etc. Like, you want to get done with that one drill so bad because it's annoying you, it's irritating you, it's just coming so fatiguing after a while. I I think, but after time, it's like, oh, you're actually getting really 
good at that. You're improving your skills. Your quality of that particular move, that skill, is increasing, whether rapidly or incrementally. So, to me, that is really, really good if that happens. Like, I want him to be stuck on that block, stuck on that post, able to do a few moves, and just keep scoring. And I don't mean that he needs to put, like, 20, 30 points per night, but a consistent 8 to 11 per game, and then keep gradually going up. Because they're going to increase his minutes from 19 minutes. I would say you're going to get him 20 to 30 minutes per game. Take 25, 30 minutes a game. That's my range for him. That's why I like to see him at right. But that's my saying. That's my saying. I think that Robert Williams can be that guy. He's just got to do the right things. The right things for that team. He doesn't need all the fame, all the publicity in the world. All I know is this. If you benefit your team, they're going to value you more. When they value more, they're going to be grateful they gave you that money. And then it's going to be like, okay, you really were valuable to sign. You are no longer that injury-prone guy. You are now that quality guy. So, to me, this was a good signing. This was a real good signing. And I'm kind of happy they got that deal done. Because now that extends them out. Because... How old is the man? I'm looking this up right now. He's currently, right now, currently, he is 23 years old. So he'll be 27, 28, depending on where his birthday is, when that contract expires. So you'll have for 2025, 2026, that type of thing. And I don't know if it includes like a player option, a team option, in any of the years. I don't remember them detailing that. And if they did, I'll add it into my... Uh, article and separate or just make an edit. But yeah, that's where we're at. And those were the two biggest signings of this week. Truly, if there was any other signing, I know which there was, that was the biggest signing and the last signing, the last breaking news, the last piece of breaking news that was for signing. Now, these next four pieces of breaking news all come within the pool. All come within a poll that was asked to be pulled, that was asked to be answered by these NBA executives and NBA scouts. So now, with all of that being said, let's get into it. And the first came yesterday. I say it's like around lunchtime. If you're in Arizona, Arizona time, right? It was like around lunchtime. One, two, somewhere around there. And... It was it was a poll that was taken by league executives and NBA league um, scouts, right? And the first one, since we're going to talk about it, is where people reacted the most from. But I don't think you really should reacted from this. And it's the fact that LeBron James received zero votes from scouts and executives in the poll for best player in the league. Look, um, should people be upset about that? I'm not the biggest LeBron James fan in the world. However, I will say this. If that poll was given during the 2016 season, yes, he would be the best player in the league. During the Miami Heat era, with him, Bosch, Wade, Allen, 
of course. When his uh, first stint with the Warriors, I mean with the Cavaliers, yes. However, he is 36 years old. So when looking at this, you have to say to yourself, there's new and up-and-coming talent. There's talented guys coming out of the drafts that's been happening. There's up-and-coming guys that have been around the league but now starting to break out. You have guys that are getting more media attention, guys that are getting more NBA love. And it's it's like, okay, you, you've been around here for 18 years or something like that. And it's like, okay, after a while, it's like it's getting old. It's getting real old. And it happens to anyone. It even happened to Michael Jordan when he had Jordan fatigue. You're having LeBron fatigue because we just talked about him so much every single time. And after a while, it's like, okay. And there are better players in this league. You can make a case for Stephen Curry being the best player in the league. Kevin Durant being the best player in the league. Klay Thompson, when healthy, being the best player in the league. Kawhi Leonard being the best player in the league. All these different guys. Um, and you can even go to Jason Tatum, Devin Booker, Chris Paul, all of these different guys. And so many more I could be given a vote. Should LeBron got one vote? Who knows? Like, who truly knows? But to me, I'm not going to react him that much just because he is getting older. There's new and upcoming guys, better talented guys, because one's 26 and one's 36. One's 20 and one's 36. One's 18, 19. It's still trying to get the pick. And some are picking a prime against the 36 year old. And he's done everything his critic humanly can. And he's still rolling strong. So I don't think this is a total rejection. This is a total hate drive towards LeBron. I don't believe that. But what I do believe is this. LeBron fatigue is real. And he's pretty much driving up that fatigue by his... How do I want to put this? By his... um, uh, I don't know. know. By his... uh, By his voice. By his... um, by some of his actions, what he said and what he's done over the past few years, it can also get annoying to certain parts of fans in and out of the basketball community, right? But it's, uh, but it's also like mainly the LeBron fatigue. To me, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna really stress over this. I didn't care either way, and I'm still not gonna care away. I'm not shocked because it's a pull among executives and scouts. And they see something completely different. They're like, these guys are up and coming. These guys are the future. We could put these guys ahead. These guys back. And LeBron's not longer, no longer in his prime. He's starting to lose things out of the gas. It's not like he's scoring 40 points, 30 points, 20 points consistently at night. Because now he's creating another super team. A bigger super team where he doesn't have to work that hard. Do that much, right? Because he has Russell Westbrook now. Anthony Davis is going to be here for a third year. Dwight Howard's coming back. Trevor Reese is here. Come on, Anthony. All these different guys. Malik Monk. All these different guys. So it's like, why does he care? He's going to go after a ring and build another super team. And there's only been one time in LeBron's career where he's 
not had a super team or a team of or at least two players that were good. And that was the first time, the first run he had with the Cleveland Cavaliers when it was just pretty much him and a bunch of scrubs, a bunch of guys being pulled off the street, legit. And and that's pretty much the only time. The 2016 Cavs had him, Kevin Love, and Kyrie. That got him to win. I got him the championship. The free, uh, coming back from being afraid of one deficit. Then you come down to the 2020 championship. Well, then with Chris Bosh, Wade, the mind big free. And, of course, Ray Allen. Because if it wasn't for Ray Allen in the 2011? No, 2010. Somewhere around there. The won the championship. I can't remember the year. That round saved the Heat's... Uh, the Heat season, the Heat's NBA Finals run, was when he hit that great corner free, that clutch corner free that LeBron never took, Wade never took, Bosch never took, no one else was going to take. Because just when the time and place of that shot was taken, it was made perfect for Rayon. But yeah, I'm not going to stress over that. Now, there are some more important than that. No LeBron news. And I think you guys will find it more important. And it will be this. League executives and scouts have voted Dennis Schroeder to the Boston Celtics as the most surprising acquisition of the offseason. Without, hands down, no doubts, no questions, nothing like that. Because the smart option would have been going back to the Lakers. And even people say, okay, he's going to turn on the Lakers. Someone's going to get him a contract. Somebody's going to look at him. And the Warriors were portal interested in him before uh, the Celtics uh, gave him the offer and he took it. Because he couldn't have been making $84 million a year and a lot more money per year um, over his contract instead of $6 million a year. And his total contract, $6 million for one year, and it's a proving year, right? So that's the most shocking one. Why? Because he could have had more money. He evaluated himself too high. That caught people off guard. And then when he turned on the Lakers, that was pretty much it. And it just all dropped to $6 million instead of $12 million, right or $11 million. Um, you know what? Sometimes that happens. And the problem is, is this. It just does when you bet on yourself the wrong way. And Schroeder's a prime example of that. Norris well was a prime example that. He could have made tons of money with the Mavericks, but that failed. But yeah, that's the most surprising move. And I have nothing to complain about that because they're 100% right. They're 100% true in that statement. Like, they had that spot on. Just like the LeBron James one. He... Yeah, he made some bad moves, some bad calls, and that legit, like legit, cost him. Because he could have had so much money, more than he probably deserved by $24 million, $30 million. But he still got it, and he was begging for more even though he was not an all-star. But yeah, I'm not surprised that that happened. I'm not surprised people voted as the most shocking move. I, I was surprised, too. I'm like, oh, where's this going to go? Because he's like, I want fit $150 million for five years. $100 million, $120 million. I'm like, what's happening? Like, that's kind of reasonable, but still. 
I get a little pricey for teams, but then it's like, this is where he's at now. The Boston Celtics got a huge steal. They're able to pull him as a backup for $6 million? That's not bad. That's not bad at all. And, and yeah, it's just, it's just very crazy Like when you think about it. And, yes, but they were right on that. That was the most shocking acquisition of the offseason. And when looking at it, yeah, it pretty much was. He could have had all the money in the world, then he sacrificed it all because of his greedy ego. But moving on, this one I also agree with. And it would be league executives and scouts voted Kyle Lowry to the Heat as the best acquisition of the offseason. So instead of the most shocking acquisition of the offseason, we have the best acquisition of the offseason. Kyle Lowry to the Heat all day. He's so much left in the tank. Amazing point guard. Can do really well with Jimmy Butler, uh, Bam Adebayo, Tyree Euro, and that entire squad. Like To me, that was a really, really good move. And that is really, really impressive that the Heat were able to get pretty much nothing for him. And... Like they gave up, a, they gave up a few items. Yeah, they gave up a few assets, but still, what they got in return, which was Kyle Lowry, is significantly amazing because Kyle Lowry is going to add so much. He was a key part to that, uh, to that Kawhi team back in 2019, the Toronto Raptors, and of course he stuck around. But now he could be chasing their ring. He could. This team could be playoff bound. This could be the piece that they needed because now they have a more solid point guard. Because if I look, I don't remember who the last point guard was even. Uh, who was? Uh, let me look. Let me look. Was a hero. Was a hero. Um, yeah, it was hero. Then of course you had Peter Tucker, worthless Duncan Robin Robinson. You got all these different guys. So, you know what? To me, that's the best move, hands down. Nothing else in this, like in this entire offseason was better than that move. To me, there's, there's a few in the running, few in contention, right? However, this is the best acquisition. It's not even, it's not even like fair to put anything ahead of that just because of how good Lowry is. And how good he'll transform that team in passing. How f- and how he'll be able to transform that team to allow him to score more. And allow him to create more opportunities. So I am very excited about that move. And I'm, and I'm really um, surprised at this entire poll. Like, I didn't know these polls were going on. Like last season, I didn't know these polls were going on. But I guess the new thing has always been here. I just missed it. Either way. Okay. Um... Last one of these polls, and I am, I'm kind of, I don't know. I like this move. I saw it was a good one, and I, I don't know. But here, let me tell you. League executives and scouts voted DeMar DeRozan to the Bulls as the worst move of the offseason. No, anyone signing Cody Zara, Alex Lamb, Mason Plumley, that's the worst move. However, I will say this. Look, DeMar DeRozan is good, but is he worth all those assets, all those players, all those um, draft picks, especially draft picks that you gave up for him? You know, 
Can you say to yourself, the Bulls did it to get a good player and just sacrifice some things in the process? To me, that's a hard one to swallow because I like it. But when you look at what they gave up, sure, it, would, it, could, it can be a bad deal for the Chicago Bulls. Because here's the thing. We don't know how DeMar DeRozan is going to react to his team, how he's going to perform, how getting older um, every year is going to be putting a toll on your body. And, of course, it breaks your body starts breaking down a little bit depending how you treat it, how you uh, keep working on your body, right? You keep making sure that you're getting the proper nutrients and vitamins, working out correctly, all these different things to keep your body in shape and keep your body running before all of the gas is out of the tank, right? However, would you consider this the worst move? Maybe one of the worst, but not the, the not the worst. One of the worst, but not the worst. Because, I don't know. I like De- DeMar DeRozan. He has a great pick-and-roll scheme uh, skill. He has a great screen-setting skill. He can move off the ball and on the ball. He can slash the basket. Um, when he needs to, and to me, that's really good, especially for what the Bulls need and why they got him. I think Billy Donovan's going to be able to use him a lot, but for what they gave up, that's a tricky situation. I don't like what they gave up for him, but to get him, I think that's what you had to give up, but I just didn't like it as much, but I like the player if that makes sense. So I agree half and half on this one. But that was your league executives and scouts taking this massive poll on on the best acquisition of the offseason, the best player in the league, the best um, or the worst move of the offseason, and the most shocking or surprising acquisition of the offseason. Now, here's the final one. This is the final topic, the big topic, and we have, and this is it, we have big issues. Big issues are ahead of us. With Zion Williamson, the first overall pick in the 2019 NBA Draft, and the New Orleans Pelicans coming up right now. Look, this is an issue, and I heard people talk about this before. I heard people talk about the issue with Zion Williamson and that he's with the Pelicans. And it did not help that it had Stan Van Gundy, which no liked whether they made it publicly or still withhold it privately. And the problem is, is this. How damaged is this relationship between the franchise and what was to be known their franchise player? Zion Williamson, because we're not, oh, we're not, we're not only saying, look, we have some problems here. Um, we have big problems here. They got rid of Zion Williamson, a point guard. They have no one. They have Zion Williamson and Josh Hart, and that's pretty. That's pretty much it. They have a few other players, but. Make no mistake, the first overall pick of the 2019 NBA draft is 21 years old and waiting for something more, heading into his first season. He's put up good numbers. He averaged 27 points off of 61% from the field, uh, 7 rebounds, and almost 4 assists per game this past season, 61 games. 
2019 was 22 points, 58%, 6 rebounds, and 2 assists. So he pretty much jumped in everything. And especially in minutes and game played. This is tough. No, this isn't this isn't good. The problem is is this. The Pelicans are digging their own grave because the Christmas games are the biggest games for the NBA. The most televised games, the most watched games, the most broadcasted games to be a part. Like you wanna be a part of that. To give media recognition, media fame, fan fame, fan popularity, to get more money, revenue. Revenue is key. And that's why the Christmas games are so popular. And the one team that was not on there were the New Orleans Pelicans. Why? Because they are a horrible team. They are a really bad team. Like, no one wants to put them on there. And make no mistake, this is not for accident what's happening on Christmas Day. They're just not putting up random teams. No, so what we see on Christmas Day, like Knicks, Hawks... Uh, uh, Lakers, Warriors, or whatever, Lakers, Nets, one or two, I say it's the Lakers, Nets, either way, they're putting in rivalries, they're putting in playoff, uh, playoff matches, matchups, right, and they happened last year, or just over the course of the season, they're putting in these things that people want, the Hawks were good, they transformed themselves when they got rid of that bum known as Lloyd Pierce, when they got name of Millen. The one who saved that team. Because you want to watch Trey Young. You want to watch Julius Randle, RJ Bear, Derrick Rose, all these different guys. You want to watch um, the uh, Brooklyn's big free against uh, the Lakers super team. And LeBron's only way out of that having to play, right? You you want to see all these superstars. You want to see Luka Doncic and what Luka Magic has to offer. You have to. You you, you don't want to have to sit through something. You really don't want to sit through, and that's the Pelicans. You don't see the Kings on there. You don't see um who the Timberwolves on there. You don't see any of those teams. Like here we go. Like here we go. Like, no one's going to want to watch that. Like, imagine if you actually televised, and this is just two random teams, Kings against the Pelicans. Who would watch that? You would actually be losing more money than anything. The Pelicans have been creating a center of irrelevancy. And that was one of the problems that everyone was having. With Zion Williamson going first overall pick to the Pelicans. Was what if they're irrelevant? What if they can't figure this thing out? What if Zion can't put them all the way through? And people say hold more accountability to the franchise than to the player. But here's the thing. I think it needs to be equal here. I think the franchise needs to be held accountable. And I think, I think the player needs to be held accountable. Because... He's doing all he can, but there's only so much a Howard Reel can do, right? There's only so much Zion Williamson can do. He has no one else on that team. Hold on. I'm, hold on. I'm going to bring the Pelicans. I'm going to bring the Pelicans roster. Because I think this is fair to point out. Oh, no. Brandon Ingram and Josh Hart. That's all. Those are good players. Yonas, uh, Jonas from the... Um, 
Grizzlies are is okay to good. Devontae Graham's okay to good. Jackson Hayes, uh, you can just yeah, I, I, you were nothing. Seven points and that's all. Yay, that's surely gonna let them win. Um, I got no one. Brandon Ingram's good, but the problem is, is this. You need more than that. He, like, Zion puts up 27. Ingram puts up 23. Hard was given the contract extension, and he's improving. He only got nine points. Um, Devontae Graham, when I look at him, looking at his stats right now, 14 points. He's getting better. He's their main point guard. I would take Alonzo Ball over... Devontae Graham, however, do the cap space, do the money issues, they couldn't re-sign both Hart and Zion. And Zion was just getting a little too expensive. So you pick up Graham, which Graham isn't bad when you put up the Charlotte Horns, but still, Alonzo's better. Trey Murphy, oh boy. Carlos Jr., Didi Zawa, Herb Jones, Willie Hernan Gomez, uh, Garrett Temple, Bazlaw Korprizizak. I'm um, sorry, I botched your name. Uh, Gabriel Marshall. What? Kelly Alexander. Guys, guys, please. You have one of the most pathetic benches ever. Like, if I actually went through all of your benches, like the entire league's benches, we would be seeing the Pelicans in the top 25, the 30. They will be in between the 25 and 30 range. I would put them dead last. Unless we're going to be talking about the Kings. And we're going to be talking about anyone else. Because here's the problem. Here's the problem that I'm seeing. Zion's going to want out soon. And we're going to leave. you're going to be left with Brandon Ingram and, yeah, um, and Josh Hart. And Jackson Hayes. Jackson Hayes is not going to do anything. He's a bust. He's not going to do anything. Your center's good. Jonas is good. But he can't carry an entire team. Devontae Graham's decent and good. He's not going to carry a team. Hayes, bust. He's not going to do anything. Hart, he's not going to carry a team. Ingram can slightly carry your team, but he needs another piece. This team needs to be uh, like the... I like the Cavaliers in a sense. By filling out all of your pieces, every position that you have with the correct pieces to make sure the puzzles fit together securely and correctly, right? And the problem is, is that they're not doing that. They went out for the big names. They went out for the names that could potentially let them win. But here's the thing. I don't think the front office of that organization, of that New Orleans organization, knows what the heck they're doing. Because they've downgraded from Alonzo to Devontae Graham. No offense against him. They have a backup center named Jackson Hayes to Jonas. And Jonas is good. He's 29 years old. He's in his prime. Average is trouble, uh, double-double off of 17 points, 12.5 rebounds, and 6% from the field. That's, that's really good. Those are solid numbers. And But when you get down... To the bench. Who are we going to have on the bench? Willie Hernan Gomez? Hernan Gomez? Please, don't tell me he's going to be the guy that's going to carry your bench. You don't have a bench. We're not going to be seeing Jackson Hayes carry a bench. Oh, 
oh, it's just like, wow. Like, if you think about it, so the problem is, the Pelicans are getting more exposed. So the big issues here with the Pelicans, they're getting more exposed. How? On uh, Christmas Day, they're showing their true value, not on Christmas Day. The Knicks were on Christmas Day because they improved from being a bad organization to a good organization to an entertaining organization with good names and good players, which are then transition into good wins. The Pelicans can't do that. One front office knows how to do that. The other one is a, pop, is a big heap of trash. So, with that being said, Christmas Day exposes you. Oh, so, the former first overall pick of the 2019 NBA Draft can't be on Christmas Day. Has he ever been on a Christmas Day? Maybe when he was drafted. I'll have to go back and look. But he's not this time. Uh, the, the Pelicans failed in the NBA bubble when the NBA was trying to hype up Zion Williamson to really promote the baby face of the league because they had no one else. And Zion was so hyped by ESPN and by NBA everywhere on their podcasts, TV networks, everywhere. You had to hide him from the NBA bubble, but the Pelicans fell there too, and so did Zion. But we're going to keep with the Pelicans real quick. So they fell Christmas Day, they fell the NBA bubble, and now in his third season... In Zion Williamson's third season with this New Orleans organization, they will be having their third head coach. Alvin Gentry was number one. Stan Van Gundy was number two. And now the Phoenix Suns um, assistant and coach, I forgot his name again, but he's going to be number three. So every, so every time, Zion Williamson is getting a new head coach every single season. Does that even make sense? Like, this, we're just drawing guys out of a hat, firing that head coach, bringing a new one. How do you run an organization that way? How do you run anything that way? So basically, what you're saying is you have no bench, a mediocre starting lineup, and you want a former first overall pick to stay with you that has somewhat of talent? Come on, if Zion Williamson was with the Knicks, Lakers, Clippers, um, heck, even the Timberwolves, or even the, um, not uh, not Timberwolves, even the uh, 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 Milwaukee Bucks, he would be a huge icon in the NBA. He was in 2019, until you guys dropped that. Until you guys couldn't even figure out a head coach, a coaching staff, or even how to win games. So the problem is here is this. You don't know how to run a team. You're trying to find poorly executed excuses to tell Zion. And now we're going to be facing whenever he's a free agent. When he's a free agent. Which might be after this season to next. He could be a free agent in two to three years. I don't remember. I have to look. But you're telling me this. You want him to re-sign with you guys because you have Jackson Hayes, Brandon Ingram. I just don't see that. I just don't see that. You guys can give three years, $38 million to a guy that's only scoring nine points and has really been trying to get into his offense. But here's the thing. 
I don't blame anyone if they can't get into an offense because for the past three seasons, this upcoming season, in the past two, you've guys had the same head coach. Who can learn a new system when after a few months go by, oh, learning a new system, okay. And that is beyond frustrating. And that is just really, really bad. And 2023 is when he's a restricted free agent. Oh, boy. So, yeah. That's happening. So, we can hold the player accountable. I believe Zion Williamson needs to get better. But talking about it through a team perspective, for the lens of a team, you're not a good team. You'll never be a good team. And you... And you had Stan Van Gundy, uh, who almost made it to the playoffs, which legitimately made me throw up when I when I saw that, because he's not a good head coach. He corrupted the uh, LA Clippers when he was with them, right? He ruined that team. Look where they are now. Um, no, not Clippers. Oh, well, oh no, well, not the Clippers. What? Where was it? It was. It was one. Uh, um, I was one. Oh, Detroit Pistons is right. The Detroit Pistons. He ruined that team. Guess where they are now? Now you're like, oh, let's give this bomb another chance. You confused them more, and you made Zion Williamson mad. He left because he knew what a pack of idiots you guys are, and how much money he had asked not to come back. It's pretty much it. You guys lost more. You guys actually lost more brain cells during these past three seasons. You guys have won games. And the problem is, is this. You just guys don't know what to do. Because you have to get another player. You have to trade for a player. You just have to. And I'm not, that's your only way out. I'm not saying you have to do it now. I'm just saying. What happens before his contract ends in 2023 when he becomes a restricted free agent? And he can just, can, you can match it all you want until he asks for too much, until a team te- uh, gives him too much. Because here's the thing. You have to trade another player because you have to trade for another player because if not, you'll be at a losing advantage. You'll be at a huge disadvantage. Why? Because there's growing resentment within that organization between the player and the paying organization. You guys have failed, I don't know how many times, and you want him to come back. At this point, I saw you guys are just going to hire Lloyd Pierce. All honesty, I saw that's what you're going to do, guys, what you're going to do. What you guys are going to do. Here's the thing. I don't know, but we have big issues right now. And the Christmas game days, the Christmas day games caused huge, huge pushback. Huge enragement. And I don't think Zion ever came out publicly. But you know, as a former first overall pick, he expected a little more. And he expected to be promoted some more. But you can't be promoted by the NBA, who's still running as an organization to make money to push a bad team on a great chance to capitalize revenue. Right? Um, It's right. It's just like, you can't do that. Just can't do that. So we have problems here. And I can keep going on and on and on and on and on and on about this New Orleans Pelicans organization. 
this franchise. However, I'm going to stop here because I covered everything. I've told you guys what they've blown at. I've told you guys everything. We just have to hope that for the Pelicans' sake, they can turn around this season with former Phoenix Suns uh, assistant head, uh, assistant coach who is highly praised by Monty Williams in the organization. They get him to a new point. At least to convince Zion Williamson to stay here to trust the process because that's all you guys can do because now Zion's going to have more leverage because you know if he's have to come back to the organization, he could hold out. Not this season. I'm just saying there's hypotheticals, there's what-ifs. All I'm saying is that there's a real fear happening. There's some scary times up ahead for the New Orleans Pelicans. And it's not looking good right now. And I can bet my bomb dollar on that every single time. Well, with all of that being said, that is it. That is all I have for today's podcast episode. And... To be, um, and I believe we'll be back here. I might get one out on Saturday, maybe Sunday, probably Sunday. I'll do one Sunday. Just try to get us on a good early week. Start the week off nice. Instead of Monday, we'll start Sunday, which would be nice. But with all of that being said, we have so much that we have covered. We're going to continue covering it here on Sunday's podcast, on Monday's podcast, going up to Friday. We cannot wait. This is going to be exciting. And yeah, remember, you can find us on social media, twitter.com slash courtsayheat, instagram.com slash NBA, facebook.com slash courtsayheat, tumblr.com slash courtsayheat, and anywhere else you guys can find us. Remember, go to google.com and uh, search or type in courtside heat, one word, courtside heat, and that is where you're able to find our Macari store, which is courtsheat.store, our medium site, our regular site, which is courtsheat.com, all of our social media, where you're listening on, where you're able to listen to our podcast on, which is iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Google Podcast. So without further ado, that is it, and I'll see you guys here again in two days, Sunday, Sunday morning. And yeah, we'll just keep it rolling. I'll see you guys then. Well, until then, let's see what the Pelicans can blow next and what big next signing we have. Until then, I um I am Josh Phoenix and I am signing off.